This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. We're back for another episode of the Oak Road Hatter podcast. And since the last recording, we have absolutely battered Watford 1-0 before a 0-0 draw with Reading in a game where we again should have won. Last Saturday, though, was the big one. We hosted Watford. We absolutely annihilated Watford. And what a spectacle that was, Stephen. Uh, it was brilliant, considering how we played last time against them. It was just nice to see some fight from players and obviously... Best part about it was we, we we won, so it was a brilliant day from start to finish. Really, just the performance, obviously the result, what happened during the ninety minutes as well with the penalty, the way it was won, the way it was scored with Collins coming on, and then obviously Andre Gray scoring and that being ruled off for out uh, for offside. So it was just everything went right. Oh yeah, and like Ad- Adebayo's like drive to get that ball from the keeper line was brilliant. Like it shows that he is going to be a good striker. And then Gray being offside, like I don't, I don't think he was offside. I, I've seen a bit of the replays. It just still doesn't look like he was offside at all. But we'll take it. That's 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 how we want to win games against Watford. We want we want to win them in the most stupid ways, just to piss him off. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm surprised that nothing emerged from sort of Watford's end about trying to claim it was onside or if there was sort of camera footage. But again, didn't one of their players boot the ball into their camera crew and knock one of the laptops down or something like that? Oh, yeah, I think, yeah, I think I remember, like, just kicked it into the stand and it hit a laptop or something. I don't think that was, like, a big deal, really. I think it was just, like, those rogue balls that goes into the stand. But, yeah. Yeah, because you could, even on commentary, though, you heard a big crash and you just thought, what, what was that? But it could have yes, been Simon, Simon Pitt said it. That happened and I was like oh bloody hell and it might have been sort of me being pessimistic here but I was always thinking that when or what we're going to turn up here everything was going right everything was perfect for us we started off brilliantly but I had that thought in my head when and what we're going to turn up and they just never did yeah it was 
I, I was worried as well. I, I was thinking that they were going to turn it on like in the last like 20 minutes, half an hour, and, and just completely bust the game and, and like get a draw or a win out of it. I was worried that we were going to do what we usually do and crumble when we're leading. But the the drive from the players and, and like the, the want to win was so good. And like that carried us through and it was just brilliant. Yeah, as you say, that drive in the end beat the talent that Watford have because it was a rare off day for, for them. But we know they're a good side. We've seen them on TV. We've seen them all this year. They're, they're a team full of talent. But we just, like I've never seen us play so well against supposedly such good opposition. I mean, we have, we have played this well. I think it was just, I think we just wanted it more. As, as Colo said in his post-match, we just wanted it more than them, really. It wasn't a matter of, like, it's one of the best performances we've ever seen. It's, it's just a matter of, like, everyone just turned up. They all turned up, did the job, whatever job that was that Jones told them to do. They just turned up and they did it. And, you know, we're, we're sat here happy about it. And we said before, I think it was the first, one of the first games that they started doing the polls for the man of the match about... It was after a poor performance. I can't remember which one, but we thought, I don't know how they're going to select even one player to put on that list. But Saturday was a day where literally anybody could have been put on that list. Yeah, literally anyone could have been put on that list. Like even like, well, yeah, just anyone. And it was just brilliant. Like as as I've said, like I'm going to keep repeating, it was just a brilliant team performance, and everyone turned up, and it was just absolutely amazing that we just did it. Finally, did it. And we're now, we're showing, well, we've showed this season that we can compete against the best, really. We beat Norwich, beat Watford now. We somehow, and I, I really mean that somehow, lost to Swansea and Brentford in those two games, the one at home to Swansea and the one away to Brentford. Barnsley, again, we've beaten, and Bournemouth, we've beaten and drew without conceding the goal. So, little old Luton here, who were playing football, uh, playing non-league football, sorry, seven years ago, are just, it's just something to be so proud of. Yeah, like, we've we got to be really proud of this season. Obviously, there was those little blips where we thought, you know, could we be dragged into a relegation battle? Could we, you know, could we play better? Because we were in some horrible form at some points. And it's just, it's nice to think back on it. Like, now that we've got four games to go, must think back on it and think we've actually done really well this season and matched some of the better teams in the league, matched some, you know, multi-million pound worth teams with our, you know, team that's probably worth under 10 million. And it's just absolutely brilliant to think that we can, you know, we can match these teams and we're just building the foundations to be a good championship squad. And it's very promising for next season. And moving on to Reading, which was last night, it was it was nil-nil, but again, we dominated the ball for quite a lot of the game. And I'd, I'd seen a Reading fan tweet that, oh, how didn't we win? And they just didn't offer anything apart from the last five minutes where they actually needed something rather than, well, because they, un until yesterday, they're, playoff ambitions were pretty much shut. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't have said that like, either team really deserved it more than the other. It was it was more of a, just a quite a, 
quite a well well matched game. It was, you know, we we sort of turned up, did our job, should have really put at least one goal in the net. Like we should have, you know, scored one chance. But I think that's been the story of our season as well. Like just not converting chances. I know we started the season off converting quite a few chances. We were like one of the best teams for expected goals and all that, all that funny stuff. <laughs> but you know, we uh yeah, if we put something away, then I'd say like, you know, it would have been quite harsh on Reading to lose. But at the same time, if we lost, it would have been very harsh as well. So I think a, a draw was probably the fair result. And like they weren't bad, really. We just both sort of were a bit. I don't know how to say it, like dodgy at the back. Like both of us made a few mistakes, but neither team could capitalise on it. And you know, nil nil was fair. Yeah, say you say it's fair, but I think that first half had a similar feel to that Watford game, where I just they, they, oh yeah, we didn't create clear cut chances as we did against Watford, but in terms of possession, territorial play as well, we were constantly in good positions playing good football but yeah as you say quite a lot of the time this season we've just not put the ball in the back of the net and not created that last chance to get the ball to the right player to have an easy goal and I think that was one chance that demonstrated that was when I don't know who played it but the ball that was just in front of Cornick yeah Adebayo I think it was yeah Adebayo which you just expect when things. I still think things will click into gear soon. I still think we're, we're doing I, brilliantly, and I, I can imagine things going to another level and things like that starting to work out for us and blowing teams away at the start of the next. Well, I think hopefully. that's what I was saying earlier on in the season. I think we're. I was likening this season to the season where we finished just outside the playoffs in um, in League Two when Jones like first took charge. Like his first full season, like we just drew a lot of games. We weren't putting chances away. And he was just building, you know, a team that was, you know, worthy of being in the top, you know, at least top four sort of thing. And or was it the season that we uh, finished in the playoffs? I think it was the season we finished. Yeah, I was just likening that to Jones' first full season in charge of like us. Um, where we, you know, we draw, we draw a lot of games. We sometimes lose games where we should win because we just didn't put the chances away and sometimes we'll roll over for a team just because we didn't turn up and and then the season after we we played brilliantly and I think I think that's what's gonna happen again this this time because I think Jones has now had a year to work out what players are worthy of staying in the squad and you know where we need to recruit. Obviously recruiting last summer was so much more different to any normal year and recruiting this summer as well is going to be still different but I think we're going to have a better idea of what we can do can't do what players we can look at and I think as you said like we're, we're it's hopefully it's going to click soon I think it will click because I think it's we're seeing it starting to form the like the the foundations for a good championship squad like obviously we're 12 that's a good championship squad but sometimes I think like we've run on a bit of adrenaline and a bit of not luck but we've you know, start of the season, we we started off well and then we had a bad blip and then we've won a few games and managed just to keep ourselves away from the relegation battle. But yeah, I think we've, um, it's it's just starting to get there. And if we do cement a top half finish, 
does that change our aspirations in regard to next season? Because I think majority of Luton fans have accepted that it's going to take a few seasons of consolidating our place in the championship and then we can look to start finishing higher and then sort of make a playoff push from then. So is next season again about surviving the championship or is it about progressing on from 12th or is it just about a comfortable finish yet again? Well, I think Jones was saying that our, our target this season was 60 points and we're, you know, we're very likely to get there with four games to go. We've got three points to get there. I think the goal should be for, you know, at least like thinking about it properly, like, you know, as what Jones probably thinks about it, he probably would want to turn it into, you know, 65 points, 70 points and finishing the season with a positive goal difference because we're on minus 10 right now. I'd say... I mean, the goal for me is to finish the season with more more wins than losses, positive goal difference, and sixty plus points again. Yeah, yeah, that's well. I say that's doable. Maybe not the the goal difference one because yeah, might turning over minus ten in four games would be quite an effort. But if we beat Bristol City by a few goals, then it could be on. And then we'll move on to the polls. The first one we did this week was the was a massive one really it was about the European Super League and I think we'll try and keep this as brief as possible because I I really don't want to be editing this sort of 3am 4am in the morning but it caught everybody's eye and the vast majority of fans of not just Luton but majority of fans of football in general just didn't want this to happen so we asked fans whether they would want the European Super League to come into play and only 5% of people said yes, with 95% of people saying no. And it was quite a big one for us because this is the first time a poll has ever passed the 200 mark, which is massive. But what do you think of it, Stephen? What, the fact we hit 200 or the fact that, you know, the results? A yeah, little bit of both, a little bit of both. I mean, it's it's nice to see that people are voting on the polls. It's, yeah, nice to get like some engagement with uh, the people that are listening to the pod, and um, and obviously, you know, it was relevant. Everyone was sharing thoughts, news, everything they could on on the Super League because it was, you know, some of the biggest news that football has ever had, and or at least football in you know Europe and and England and all that. Um, yeah, I think obviously the, the results actually kind of surprised me. The fact that five percent said yes is mental to me, like, which equates to about ten people, doesn't it? Which I don't know. Are people only... trying to vote and just not liking the fact that it's such an overwhelming win for no. Yeah, I think I think in my opinion, when when Project Big Picture was announced, like back in January, I think it was or something like that, talking about Super League and like reforming stuff and all that, and I was just like. I remember some people, like quite a few people were arguing. I was kind of on that side as well, with that the sooner the big six bugger off out of out of English football, the better, because we'll have a much fairer, fairer system, a fairer Premier League. Like as much as I think we all love the Premier League, watching it at least just for the drama that happens, not as in like we love it, because it's, you know, it was the start of, you know, this sort of thing that's happening, like, you know, Super League. Super League was just a, a much bigger version of the Premier League, really. And 
having not having those teams in the league would you know make it a hell of a lot. You know, we'd have, we'd have, we we could have aspirations of winning the Premier League one day. We can't really because no one could, no one could compete with them. Like West Ham are doing well this season, but you know, are they going to finish in the top ten next season? Probably not. Like Leicester did the same. Like they you know won the league and then finished like quite low. There's some you know built a, a good squad, but like the fairness of the Premier League is awful. Like you know. Who wants to watch the same few teams winning a league every year? The problem with that is that these sort of the cl- clubs in League Two, the conference who have aspirations of going far in the FA Cup, who wants to do well and go on the FA Cup run if the best team you're going to get is like West Ham? You want a top six. That's what the FA Cup's about. It's about playing one of the big teams and drawing in that revenue and they are. I, I think they are massive to English football still, and I, I, I agree with you that I don't like them. Seeing, I don't like the dominance that they have, and the amount of money that they have and spend is just ridiculous in some way. But I still want those clubs associated with English football because of who they are. Yeah, of course. But they are the way I see them. They're just these huge global teams that are, you know, they're going to have fan, like, there's so many talks that like, I've seen, like, you know, fan zones for, like, Manchester United in India and and China and, you know, Australia and all that. And it's like, at, what, at some point, surely these teams, like, are going to end up having to leave. Like, as much as, as, much as I'm against it, I, I was fully against the um, Super League as well, but, like, at some point, if they if they keep on going the way they're going to try and globalize themselves, it's gonna you know it'll come to a point where like there'll be absolutely no chance of anyone ever beating them, like apart from themselves. Like obviously you've got Arsenal and Spurs and and you know Chelsea are you know not doing the best they've ever done, and like obviously Arsenal Arsenal and Spurs are in like the worst forms and you know they you know existence although. You know, Spurs aren't really a, a big team that win things, you know. Um, <laughs> and like, yeah, like it's just like they're just making it harder for everyone to beat them. So at some point, you've even got to reform it so that they they stay in the league and they are, you know, clubs that can be beaten and they don't hoard the best players in the world, the best youngsters in the world, and you know, it comes becomes more fair. Or you let them go at some point. It's like. You know, I don't see it. I don't see it staying like this forever. It won't. Like, change always happens. And that's another thing. Like, the Super League was like a, a massively negative thing. But at the same time, like, I know that the football world it hates change. Any change to any rules is, you know, bad. And you know, VAR. I don't think it's that bad. I quite like it. I think that the way that it's being used is bad. But I think it's quite a good system. Like when it works. Yeah, like, I agree with you there. The, the, the way the way I've seen it is like, you know, you got in cricket, you've got the the camera technology which you know works out if someone's out or not. You got technology in other sport, it's just not being used right. And I think you know. Yeah, I think that's definitely change has to happen. Oh, that's definitely the correct opinion. That well, I'd say correct opinion, but opinion that I hold as well that it's being used wrong, and that's why it's seemingly failing. But at the same time, well, with, with the, going back to the uh, European Super League, it was just a big slap in the face to everybody 
involved with football, for the management, yeah. the players, for the fans, to the football league pyramid. Like it was, the English football has been built on sort of progression from the football league pyramid. You've seen like Jamie Vardy come through. You've seen like um, Ollie Watkins as well. who's come through the ranks and without that, without that sort of fundamentals of the football league pyramid, it's just, you know, I, I want to stop talking about it because it, it did infuriate <laughs> me and it's, it still does, to be fair. The the green I mean, the way I the way I see that argument is like everyone's just obsessed with the big six. Like no matter who you are, like if everyone's crying about Super League. I'm like again, I'm gonna say I I didn't like it. I I was against it, fully against it, and I just didn't think it was gonna ruin football. I didn't think football was dying because of it or was going to die because of it. I just think it shows how obsessed with the big six everyone is, and. People were scared of losing them in England. And I'm like, that's fair, but we need to not be so obsessed with the big six. Like, well, imagine, imagine if it, well, it's like the French League. Everyone, no one has any respect for the French League because it's PSG and that's it. Take PSG out of it. Who's, who's going to watch the French League ever? Not even French people. Who watches the French League anyway? Barely anyone. No one does. Exactly. Because there's no, there's no, it's just PSG. Whereas this global attention is because there is the big six. That's why they've, they've made it harder for anyone else to win the league. Like Leicester yeah. did it. And oh, yeah, you, know, you might get an anomaly every now and again, but it's going to be the same teams over and over again. And like, I don't, in my opinion, that's not interesting. I love the championship because you're going to have a different winner every year. And you might, you know, a lot of the time you'll have, you know, someone in the top two that's just been relegated from the Premier League. But you're, you're also going to get, Every, you know, once every two years, maybe a team that, you know, didn't get relegated from the Premier League like in the last like two or three years. You might, you know, Brentford, Leeds, like you got teams that could easily win the Premier League or uh, win the cha championship and win promotions to the Premier League. And, you know, remember when Blackpool did it? That was, that was brilliant. Like there was, you know, there's a lot of things that, uh, you know, I, I, the way I see it, We've probably stopped talking about it now because it's a Luton podcast yeah, yeah. and not a Super League podcast. My editing job very difficult here. Uh, <laughs> it's just the way I see it is like change is going to happen. I think it's going to happen at one point, whatever form it comes in. But I think the way it'll happen is hopefully it'll be, there'll be, you know, five years of negotiations, of talks, of, of what can happen, how it's going to happen. And you know, it won't maybe it won't be as closed shop as it was going to be. Maybe it will be like, you know, I can't think of anything, but you know, it it could be a lot different, and it could be better for everyone involved rather than you know, Florentino, whatever his name is, the Real Madrid president saying, "Oh, we want to shorten football matches because sixteen to twenty-four year olds aren't interested." I'm like, are you like, what world are you living in, like? That was a ridiculous comment. Yeah. That was just, again, the timing of it, just, that, that's just, all, well, I just don't get the thought process behind saying that when you're already getting criticism for this new proposed idea and then you're hitting out at 16 to 24 year olds, sort of some of the biggest drivers of football. And yeah. obviously not the biggest or whatever, but they are, to say they're not interested in football. 
they might not understand certain concepts but that's probably when you're younger you get to learn everything but ridiculous ridiculous the whole thing but we'll move on we'll move on to our second poll which uh didn't get quite as many uh responses i think it was i think it was around the 60s compared to the 200 for the super league but we asked about whether we should have kept the same starting 11 for redden and we asked this on tuesday before before the game obviously on the wednesday and we just wanted to know whether that team was basically crafted for Watford or could we use the same team again to go in and beat a red inside who also pushing for promotion. But we had Berry, who obviously came in for the Watford game. We had Kazenga Lawalawa, who also came in. So they were supposed, well, Berry was supposed to start again against Redden, but Tunny Cliff came in and that was the only change. And the results of the poll were 89% wanted the same team as the Watford game with just 11% a no, which just shows probably how well that team did against Watford and that players like Berry and Kazenga Luwalua maybe have futures at the club. Yeah, I think that's that's the thing that Jones said. Like he was gonna he's gonna choose teams on who deserves it, and and the team fully deserved it. They they put in, you know. As you know, I was saying earlier, it wasn't the you know the best performance I've ever seen, but it was probably one of the performances of the season considering the opposition and the the meaning behind it. And they showed they deserved to start, and they did. They started again, like on, on against Reading, obviously, as you said, with uh, Tonico coming in for Barry. And I think it was you know they earned it, and they you know they looked good again. So they're they're you know sort of you got these players that are fighting for a place, and also. They're just showing that they are good players and they, they deserved it. And it's nice to see Jones picking teams on merit rather than on names and on who he thinks should be there or who can prove it. It was just on merit and it's good to see him sticking to his word. Yeah, exactly. Once. And that's what the concluding stages of this season now becomes about. It becomes about Jones finding his team for next year. It's about him crafting a team that he deems good enough to compete for next year, identify gaps and spaces where he might want to dip in the transfer market for and basically build that team that is going to take us to the next level. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, as I've said before as well, like, there's some some players that I can't see staying just because I don't think they're good enough, you know, quality. But, like, you know, I've said like Berry doesn't seem like he's championship quality, but then he comes in and, you know, helps us win against Watford and, you know, give him a 10-year contract after that. <laughs> but not, obviously not, but, you know, like, it's, these these players are obviously fighting, you know, Barry's fighting for something and he's, he's done well and, you know, maybe we'll see him back here next season. Maybe we'll see him, you know, go back to Cambridge who are literally about to be promoted to League One. Yeah, that's a good call. Yeah, because he, did have a very good few years for Cambridge and against Luton, didn't he? Did it yeah. always to be a bit of a thorn in the side when we used to play him? But we'll look to the Bristol City game now, and for some reason it's on a Sunday. And oh, is it the Sky Sky like main game? Is it? Is it? I'm actually not sure. Let me, have, let me have a little look. So it I was, and I just thought, why this is the most irrelevant mid-table clash that there possibly is. So I've, yeah, but then we have a few of those 
yeah, again, when, don't we? Yeah, but when it's coming to the sort of the end of the season, you start to think, okay, we're going to go and put sort of your Rotherhams on. We're going to go and put Sheffield Wednesday on. We're going to put teams that are fighting for promotion, teams that are fighting for the playoffs. It's just a bit of a weird time for us. Because, well, we didn't even have the Watford game. It wasn't even televised for that. I, I, I don't no, guess my sports think... is selection process. I, I never have. I don't think I ever will. Well, I'm looking at it right now and I'm I'm not seeing, well, it's a Sunday the 25th. We've not, it's Reading v Swansea, main event, then Leeds United, like Leeds v Man United, and then Man City Tottenham that day. There's no, there's no loot in there. Oh, I just, probably got that completely wrong, and that rant was just. I mean, it's, it seems as if it would be, doesn't it? But then, like you're talking about, like, oh, why wouldn't they put these people on? Well, you got Bournemouth, Brentford at twelve thirty on. Yeah, Saturday. that doesn't make sense. Derby, Birmingham at three o'clock. That's massive. And then you got West Ham, Chelsea that day. You know, some big games on. And then you got Sheffield United v Brighton. Like, yeah, I might have to retract that comment. Then I just, uh, I still don't get the selection process. I, I, I get it there, but there's been a lot of games. But they like Millwall. Like we're always on TV against Millwall, and there's just it, I just don't get it. And then we're not on TV against Watford. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, the, I think the Watford one is because pubs are open. There was obviously just a teeny bit of worry that I guess you know people might go and watch it at a pub and break social distancing rules and uh, you know break rules and all that. And yeah, I'm really. Not, yeah, I'm just trying to see if we're on Sky or not on Sunday, and maybe we aren't because, yeah. But looking, looking to Bristol City, they're yes. the team that are in the worst form in the division. How many times have we said that this year that we're coming up against the side they're in poor form? But we've both seemingly got nothing to play for. But I think personally, we've turned it on in the last few weeks, and I generally think we owe a team a good beat in this season and this could be the one yeah and you know I just want to keep the momentum up really like it's just the main thing I, I don't I've said I think I said on uh, Twitter or uh, in a group chat with people like the main thing is just to not lose now until the end of the season like as much as we hate losing anyway it'd just be nice to just you know go go into a new season with uh, you know what six games unbeaten you know, finish the season, six games unbeaten. That'll be probably one of our longest stretches in a few years as well. Um, and yeah, you know, it'd be nice to have a nice little 3-0 win or 4-0 win or something. But the fact that they're in the worst form in the championship means that they've got a guaranteed win against us. Oh yeah, of course it does. And um, PPR did it, so... Yeah, another team it. did it as well. Another team came and done it, but... There's actually there's probably been a few of them, but got some uh, stats here for you, Stephen, about this game and Bristol City in general. Since January, they haven't won at home. They've drawn one and lost seven. And this is another thing that comes quite good for us is that they haven't beaten a team in the top. Sorry, they haven't beaten a team at home this season um, who are in the top twelve. And obviously, last night's draw moved us into the top half, which means we're yeah, what a part of that stat now that we can we can continue hopefully. But we won't. <laughs> <laughs> it's the loot away. It's the loot away. We're not gonna we're not gonna do it. We're gonna lose like two 0 or something. Some really horrible performance. 
I wouldn't be sat there thinking, what is wrong with them after the last two games? And just just because it's, you know, stats show that we should win, so we're going to lose. I, I have a feeling, I've got a few more stats here, but I've, I've got a feeling like I'm going to get the same response from you. But they've scored three goals in the last seven games as well, which is just another sign that they are not, they're not a strong side since such a promising start. Yeah. Yeah, I think we just need to hopefully. Well, I mean, you know, he said that I'll give the same result, uh, the same um, answer. I'm just like, I'm hoping that we just do what I said like a couple of minutes ago and like just give them a nice little being, as you said as well. Like just get a nice win and just, you know, stop them from scoring as well because they can't score. So it would be, it would be a bit silly for us to go and concede a goal against them as well. Like if they're in that sort of form, we need to just make sure they don't change it against us but and the, yeah, score, we'll the see. score in the reverse fixture was Sonny Bradley but Sonny Bradley scored their goal so again it's just yeah they've got their goal scoring abilities seem to uh seem to have been missed this season and well obviously apart from that Sonny Bradley goal they didn't they didn't score against us and in that game as well it was 2-1 win it's when Dewsbury Hall scored the Latish winner, I think it was around the seventieth minute. But was that his first goal in the Luton show? Might have been, or was, or did the game against Bournemouth come first? I can't remember, but I, I think I remember it was either his first one or one of his first ones because it was a it was a nice little shot from outside the box. Yeah, crawling into that nestled in there ball. perfectly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was a good, great finish. And then Glenn was also talking. Now, talk, talking about Drewsbury Hall, like, you know, nice little shot. That that shot that he did against Watford, that one from outside the box, like, you know, curling it, if that had gone in, he'd, instant legend status. That's like a Matt, Matt Spring, like, goal, that one. If, that if, it, if it had gone in. That was a brilliant... And, like, back to the... Sorry, back to the Watford games. We, we didn't actually talk about it too much, considering the Super League and <laughs> all that. But I think, like... We we looked confident going forward, like we were, we were taking shots. It's something that we don't do. Yeah, and like it was it was brilliant to see that we were actually confident in in our ability to try and score. Considering often enough, you'll get us, you know, same as against Reading, like Adebayo putting the ball across the side, where whereas he could have taken a touch and had a shot or something. And we that's the sort of thing we we're doing against Watford, and it was it was brilliant to see that players wanted to score and were just taking the chances. Like if you don't if you don't take the chance, if you don't like have a shot, you're not gonna get a chance to score. And it was just nice to see, you know, like Shrewsbury Hall. I think everyone was having a go and it was just brilliant to see. Exactly that. And that's something we want to be brought into Sunday as well. Continue yeah. that sort of taking shots on because I know their keeper, I don't know if it's still him who's been playing at the moment, but um Bentley, I think it is, he's made a fair few mistakes over the last couple of seasons. So yeah. I'm sure if yeah, if that's something that it surprised me because he was he was one of the highly rated better young yeah better young goalkeepers at yeah. South End, wasn't he? Yeah he was when, yeah when we were in League Two and he was yeah he was tipped to like go on and be a Premier League goalkeeper. Still still a good goalkeeper but I think he's just had a well this was quite uh, it might have been earlier in the season when we played him the first time but yeah I remember there being a little bit of stick towards him from the Bristol City fans about yeah the amount of mistakes he was making and yeah it might have yeah. just 
temporary thing. You know, you might might not even be starting at the moment. I haven't haven't seen recently, but promising, promising. If we do see a keeper making mistakes, we know with the early stages of Sluga, teams came and targeted that. And that yeah. That we, well, that our management team is still in our players come Sunday. I keep going to say Saturday because it yeah. should. Today, but for some reason it's, a, it's, it's such a weird time for kickoff. Yeah. One PM on Sunday. That's, that's why. That's why we need Sky to just bugger off with these kickoff times. <laughs> even if it's, it's not even Sky, is it? But you know what I mean. Like just it's kickoff time. It's just like I'm. I'm, I'm like I'm. I'm happy with change, but like it's on the kickoff times that TV like do. Like remember when we played Blackpool in the playoffs on a on a Sunday night at six o'clock? That was one of the worst things I could have done. Like they put that on Saturday, Saturday five o'clock or something. There was going to be like fifteen hundred, two thousand Luton fans up there. But at six o'clock on a Sunday, there was like what I think eight hundred of us. I, I mean, I didn't go. I watched it on TV because obviously you had that opportunity, and I had I think school the next day or college the next day or wherever it was, um, or even work. I think it was work actually. Yeah, work. Yeah, it's just that's one of these things that needs to be reformed in in the light of the Super League stuff and us. You know, fans being able to change that. It's something that needs to go. These dodgy kickoff times, like three o'clock on Saturday, like just have Saturday games and then have like maybe like one night, like, you know, Man United v Man City on a Sunday is like the main thing. They they can do it. No one cares about no one cares about the fans of those yeah. teams. Yeah, and um we'll we'll go back to that Bristol City game because I think you like to oh, try I keep going off tangent. Yeah, you're trying to you're trying to uh steer clear of it all but want to get get your score prediction what are we saying for Sunday the the pessimist in me wants to say like 2-1 Bristol but I'm going to say I'm going to say a nice 3-0 3-0 Luton we, we, we yeah. scored three against Wickham away yeah. We, yeah. we broke that That's we very... broke that uh, hoodoo of um, not scoring goals away and not coming away like you know not going away from home and and coming back from behind. So we've broken that hoodoo. So why can't we go and score three against Bristol? I'm going to go um, 3-1 Luton with a Harry Cornick hat-trick. Oh, he should have scored <laughs> against Reading. He should have had... There's just a few chances that, like, should have fell to him. And um, I'm I'm going to celebrate his... His first goal of the season, if he does score, like I'm like I celebrated Adebayo's first goal for us, like he needs to get a goal. It'll be yeah, poor statistic to have if he doesn't score all season. Man yeah. squandered as well makes it ten times worse. He needs a goal big time. Yeah. And to think his last goal was not even a year ago, but it was that goal against Leeds. It was a fucking br- what a goal it was. Sorry, well. about, not, sorry about my language, but it was a brilliant goal. <laughs> yeah, that was such a brilliant goal. But yeah, well, thank you everybody for listening and make sure to check out our Twitter page, Oak Road Hatter, and our website, www.oakroadhatter.com. And a big thank you also to Kevin McLeod of Incompetech for the intro and outro music. Thank you, everyone. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. 
Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.